right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing today? Praise the Lord. We are going to have a terrific time worshiping the Lord together. Amen. It's going to be a home run day. You picked a good one to be in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Praise God. We are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. And hey, I'm just saying there's a lot going on in the world right now. So we need our faith more than ever. And we need to keep our foundation in Jesus and know that we have promises of protection if we serve him. Amen. And so we're going to stick to that. But let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together this morning. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. All right. Well, I know we kind of paused meet and greet for a little bit, and uh, and I'm saying today's the day that we're going to do some meet and greet again. Yeah! Now, my offer for a free hug still stands. Dave McNeil is the only person to take me up on that, but it's still out there. If you, you need a hug, come find me. But we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to go around, shake some hands, do some high fives, give some hugs if you want one. And if you don't want anybody in your bubble, just wave them off, and there's they might go away. But we're very affectionate people at High Desert, so no promises. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Oh 
kind of head banging. I, I mean, some people I didn't expect it from. I, I could see that. Yeah. So about to call the paramedics for some of you, but that was pretty good stuff. All right. Well, it was a good time. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's get into our announcements here. First of all, uh, you don't want to be the only one left out, but we have got high desert work center coffee mugs. Yes. Yes. All right. These are a bigger hit than I thought, to be honest, so we're probably going to have to buy some more. But uh, these are uh, in the bookstore for $5.95. You could get one. And, you know, we don't have the scientific claims to back it up. But so far, we do believe that your coffee tastes better out of these, okay? We can't – I can't – verify that statistically, but I really, uh, maybe it's just in my head. Anyway, all right, praise God. And then anybody that is interested in potentially playing softball this year, they're looking, amen. That's always been a big thing around here, but the last couple years, uh, you know, it's been squashed. Uh, but see Robert after the service, if you are interested in playing softball, if a league does manifest itself and he's getting a team together for that. All right, very good. Well, our next thing up here is baptisms are coming up yes next sunday uh we're going to be doing water baptisms and uh we're really excited about this we're going to pass that around and of course you don't have to be bad that's not what gets you to heaven being baptized but it is a great moment for you to make your public stand for jesus and say hey i am born again and i'm not ashamed of it and i am proud of being a christian this is a great chance for you and uh anyway so go ahead and get signed up for that and we will contact you this week with more information but that is next week so you got to sign up right now all right and then we have our young adult group is going to be meeting again yes on 
Friday, March the 4th at 6.30 at my house. And so that is for ages 18 to 30. And uh, Pastor Katie's going to be given a Bible study that night. And I know everybody knows this already, but it is National Tartar Sauce Day. And I know a lot of you have that circled on your calendars. We remind you to celebrate responsibly. But at the same time, we're going to have a fish fry for the young adults, all right? So come on out if you're between 18 and 30. And uh, we're just going to really have a great time that night, all right? This is a big one right here. Intentional parenting class is coming up, all right? I am going to pass this around. And uh, uh, so uh, good news on this is the books are in right now. I just like seeing the ushers run. I'm going to do more of these things. I mean, <laughs> Jesse and Robert were racing right there, man. All right. Poppy won. Poppy won. Don't let him fool you. That guy's, that guy's fast for 45 years old, all right? So... Uh, come on. All right. Come on. Uh, intentional parenting class is a five-week class. Uh, it's one hour a week. It's going to be um, on Sundays starting on March 6th from 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, the cost is $25. That gets you the book. And we do have child care provided. And I highly encourage you to make this investment into your family, all right? Uh, I mean, I'm excited about it. And we're learning how to not just parent by the seat of our pants and, you know, well, whatever happens, happens. No, we're going to be intentional about our parenting and have a game plan for our kids and for our life. And so anyway, Lawrence and Leah will be teaching that class for us. I'm getting it passed around right now, but uh, it is filling up really quick. So sign up today for that. All right. Next thing is Easter is coming up. Who's excited about Easter? Yes. It's our Resurrection Sunday, and that is, of course, one of the absolute biggest days of the year around here, and we're going big this year, okay? We're going outreach style. We're going to be preaching the gospel to as many people as we possibly can, and so uh, we are, uh, they're forming a, a, a team to kind of uh, plan it and get the job done, and so uh, we're going to have a meeting on Thursday at 630. Uh, Desiree knows more about that than I do, so Thursday at 630, uh, Desiree and Pastor Katie and and Miss Betty and them, they're going to be uh, having a meeting to get this thing planned out. So go ahead, and if you're interested in being a part of that, get signed up. And also, um, the kids this year, we're going to have a kids' performance. Now, I know some of the kids, you know, they don't want to be acting and all that, but all the kids are going to sing. They're going to sing in it. But if your kid specifically wants to uh, be in the play part of it, we are going to be having a sign-up sheet soon for that, and that way the kids... It's already there? Oh, it's already there. Okay. And so if your kid wants to actually, you know, be in costume or whatever that entails, then sign them up for that. And then if they don't, you know, they don't have to be. All right. Very good. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. I'm going to have pastor come on up here today and we are going to celebrate with our tithes and our offerings. Amen. Who knows that God has blessed you today? Amen. Amen. You've got it good, and it's all because of Jesus. Amen. Let's go. Amen. I'll tell you what, that takes us right into what we're going to look at in Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you need an envelope for your tithes, your offerings, then uh, hold up your hand. The should be glad to give you one. And I know a lot of people give online now. And, you know, you know, I'd I, I like to remind you of this, that even if you give online and you never bring anything into the church, come up to the altar anyway. We bring our tithes and offerings up just as an act of faith. Just say, Lord, I've already given, and you know that. I want to come up here to worship you with my tithe, my offering, what I gave. Because I'll tell you what, there's something special, and the Spirit takes place 
when you honor God's word. And in the word of God, he always talks about bringing your tithe through the altar. And so it's just a good thing to come up here and do that. But I want to show you something in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to look at verse 18. What would you say, Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, Dylan's excited about the word. You're excited about the word. Amen. How many, how many besides me were not always a born-again Christian? At one point in time, you were a sinner. Anybody else? Do you, do, you remember, do you remember how rough it was as a sinner in life? Maybe maybe it was okay financially, but other things in life, you had a hard time? Well, then, you know, once you become the kingdom of God, this is kind of what Deuteronomy chapter 8 is talking about. The children of Israel, if you know the history, that they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And that was after being in Egypt a slave for 400 years. And before we were born again Christians, we were slaves to sin. Satan was our master. He's the one that jerked our chains and told us what we could do and what we couldn't do. And a lot of things that we wanted to do in life, we couldn't do because we didn't know how to do it because we were slaves. Well, that's what Egypt, that's what Egypt did to Israel. They were slaves and they had to do whatever Egyptians told them they could do. If they didn't do it fast enough, they just killed them. Amen. They told them how many babies they could have, how many babies they couldn't have. They told them how long they had to work. And they told them what they had to do. They couldn't just change jobs or whatever they wanted to do. They were slaves. And so then in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it starts off talking about where they were and where they are now. And talk about how they were blessed now because they were coming into the blessings. They, they had more than enough. They were prospering. They were doing well. And then he gets down to verse 18. And, and the Lord warns them to remember where they came from. And we as Christians walk into the blessings of God. And if you're a new Christian, you haven't got a hold of it yet, you will. But we got to remember where we were so we don't go back there again. And so then he says this, uh, verse 18. He says, Remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth for a purpose, that he may establish his covenant which is for thy fathers as it is this day. And we have a covenant with God. i got to know. Missions. Pastor Dave, are you doing something about missions today? Well, I'll talk about missions too in a minute. This is Mission Sunday. Dylan, we need another one. We need a fresh shout. Mission Sunday. <laughs> hey, hey, man. And so, and so that's, that's part of the covenant we help establish around the world. But anyway, I want to tell you what he's saying here. We are not just human beings. We are supernatural people. We have the creator of everything lives on the inside of us. And when we die, it's not just over. When we die, we're going to go to a place. And I was thinking about the nice place that we live in now. I said, you know what? This nice place we live in now, in this little neighborhood we're in, it's nothing like heaven. Heaven, our streets are made out of gold. Heaven, we don't have any trailers in the backside of the woods. It's mansions. And it's, it's a gated community. And only the redeemed go through those gates. It's a powerful place, and that's the covenant of God. And so anyway, he says right here, it says we got to remember him. Well, you know, if you, if, you, if you live in a house you're paying rent on or you're making a house payment on, if you don't remember the first of the month who they are, you might not have that house very much longer. And if you don't remember Mr. Edison, you might not have lights. And so, et cetera, you, gotta, you, you remember the bills you're supposed to pay because you know they're due. Well, the tithe is due to God. It's not a bill. He says the tithe is holy and belongs to him. But I want to I look at this verse and tell you what he said. 
said he gives you power to get wealth. And wealth means an abundance of valuable material possessions or resources. It means to have influence. It means abundant provision, abundant supply. God said he gives you the power to do that. And that power means he gives you the power of choice if you're going to tap into the cover or not. He gives you the ability. He gives seed to the sower. God gives you the choice how much of the cup you want to enjoy. And think about God's covenant. Tithing opens the door for God to get it to you. And you have to understand this. God can't send it through you if you can't get it to you. You have to have something to give to be able to do it, and tithing opens that door. He says he gives you the power to get wealth. You know that broke people don't give. They beg. They plead. They try to get it. When you're not broke, when you're wealthy, you have it to give. You're able to do things. And God says, I want to establish my covenant through you. And so he gives us a choice. That I just always want to remind everybody that tithing is from God, but it's a choice. Tithing doesn't stop you from going to heaven or get you to heaven. Tithing is something you do because you're going to heaven and you want other people to go. And so you support the gospel so the covenant can go out. And, you know, I think about the church like ours where God's blessed us at. There's so many people that have been blessed through this ministry all these years that's been here. But if we were a broke ministry, nobody would get blessed. It's because the people before us helped do what God wanted them to do so there'd be seats in here for you when you showed up and you needed help. Amen? And so that's, that's, called, that's, called, that's called establishing the covenant. And so we as Christians want to be a part of what God's doing because, number one, we love Jesus. And, number two, we want all the other people we know to love Jesus, too. And so we're here to establish this covenant. Amen? Amen. And by the way, tonight I'm going to be teaching on God's covenant again at a, at, a, at a different level about divine healing. And if you don't know it, healing is an absolute right to every born-again Christian. But if you don't know that it's your right and you don't know how to get it by faith, then you may never be, receive all God wants to do in the healing arena. So tonight would be a really good time to come if you need healing or you want to understand it more. Amen? Well, let's make our financial faith confession. Let's stand up. And I'll remind you again, if, if, if you so desire, come up here to the altar and just be thanking the Lord on the way up. You've already given online or whatever you've done. And just thank Him that He's given you the power to get wealth. And just thank Him that that, that abundance is coming into your hands, not because you're greedy, because it's your covenant and you want to have to give what other people need help. Amen? Let's make this financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs are better jobs, promotions, raising bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family. Give justly to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up here at the altar as you drop off your tithes and your offerings and worship the Lord with us together. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus today.
Joy is awakening. 
learn a new song together. And some of you might have heard it, but uh, it's a real simple song, but it's really powerful. It's really anointed. And it just talks about how uh, the, the wonderful power of our God and with God, nothing is impossible. So let me just show you. It goes. seen miracles my mind can comprehend and there is beauty in what I can understand and Jesus it's you and Jesus it's you
wonder-working God, and you heal because you love all the miracles I've seen. You're too good to not believe, too good to not believe, too good to not believe, too good to not believe. One more time, sing, I believe. wonder-working God, you're the wonder-working God, all the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe, you're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love, all the miracles I've seen.
sung and Mrs. Pastor, some of them uh, helped jump into the glory, but I just, you know, a lot of you know me, have been around for a while, but I just, I was, I was looking at something in the Bible this morning, with the date on it of February the 8th of 2018. On February the 8th of 2018, I was right at the start of a very serious phase of my life. I'd been diagnosed on January the 1st of 2018. I had my blood was 70% cancer, 70% cancer. I had stage four blood cancer. Things didn't look too good. 
at the same time, I didn't know it, but my heart was about to go. Come to find out, I had 99% blockage in my right coronary artery, too, while I was going through all that. And so I've just started through some medical treatments, and my whole thing was I've been a very, very serious divine healing preacher for over 40 years. Taught healing schools a whole lot of the time, majored on healing and things like that. So I wasn't just somebody starting to do something, just thinking, well, I hope I'll get lucky and he might answer a prayer. I knew how to pray. I knew how to stand. And I'm just thinking about this verse right here. I'm going to read it to you because the Lord gave this to me. It's uh, Psalms 27, verse 13. Psalms 27, verse 13. And I got my Bible right beside it. February the 8th, 2018. I just started through it. And basically at that time, I was brain dead. And the doctor, they got all kinds of fancy, fancy medical words. But the thing was, my blood, because it was mostly cancer, was real thick. And it wouldn't go from my heart to my head very fast. And so when I began to know I had trouble when doctors get help, I realized that every day I had, I had a study room that I've done for years and years, prepared sermons, spent a time with Jesus. I'd go there like I always did. I had my journal, my Bible, and I'd sit down about maybe 8 o'clock in the morning with my Bible open on my lap and my journal. And Mrs. Pastor was always used to me, spent a lot of time with the Lord, so I was in there all day long, she never thought anything about it. And then at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd just look down, and then I'd realize that's where I opened this Bible hours ago, and I hadn't moved. I sat in my chair staring because there was no blood going to my head, and I couldn't think. I didn't realize what was going on. So after a few months of that, I started realizing around 8 or 9 o'clock at night, all of a sudden, I'd snap out of it. I'd have about an hour's worth of thinking. All of a sudden, it dawned on me one day, wait a minute, something's going on. I haven't had a clear thought for months, and This, because blood started working all of a sudden. Then it'd go away again. I said, man, there's something wrong. But this verse right here, all those, all those words that new song was saying, this verse says, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. And this part here jumped off me in the land of the living in the land of the living, in the land of the living. I was dying, and the Lord gave me that verse of the land of the living. And so I thought, wow, Lord, I'm coming out of this. I'm going to stay in the land of the living. There's the land of the dead, I guess. If there's land of the living, there must be a land of the dead. And everything looked to me like it was dead. But the Lord said, I, he said, don't faint, because you're going to see the goodest Lord of the land of the living. And so every time I see that verse there and that date beside it, I think, wow, when I got that verse, that was very much a faith verse because things didn't look good for me, did not look good at all. So I'm just saying this, for wherever you are in life right now, if you've got a serious diagnosis, get a hold of verses like that and stand on them. And what I mean by standing on them, I mean... When you're looking at the diagnosis, looking at treatments, the things you're going through, don't ever, ever give up on your doctors or medicine. We're not some goofy church that says God can't use doctors and medicine because, praise God, he's got them out there to keep people alive till they get hold of real faith. Amen. So as you're going through whatever you're going through, find Bible verses and do what I did 
I told, I told all the people of the church, I told the elders of the church that anointed me to follow and prayed the prayer of faith. I said, my first line of defense, my first line of offense is the word of God. I said, doctors are secondary, but that's first. I go through the treatments, but the number one thing is I'm looking to heaven for the answer. Because the things that happened, I wouldn't have lived long enough to make it through the treatments. What I had, if Jesus hadn't been in the middle of it. Amen. And so anyway, that's, I just feel led to give you that testimony again. For whatever's going on, put him first. And by putting him first, just don't say, well, I believe in God. James said even the devils believe. And they tremble. It takes action. Action with what you're looking at. While you're going through things, don't just be a casual church attender. Amen. In a church like this that teaches healing and has healing anointing here, if I were going through something serious, I'd be here every time the doors were open. I'd be the first one in. I'd be the last one to leave. And then I'd be bugging the pastors to say, can we have more services? I'm serious. You know why? Because there's a land of the living and there's land of the not living. And I'm ready to go to heaven any time. I don't want to go right now because I've got a whole lot of people that I want to spend some more time with. My grandkids need to see Grandpa. They learn, need to learn some things off Grandpa. My grown kids that are grown need to, hear my, need to hear my wisdom and things I've learned in life so they don't have to go down the roads I went down and learn some things. And so, yeah, I'm ready to go, but I want to finish everything God has me to do. That's why I want to stay in the land of the living. And so, you know, I, I can pray for people right now if you need a prayer. And, uh, you know, I, I'll just say this. If you've got a serious diagnosis and you want prayer, then come up here. I'll pray for you because there is anointing in here this morning. And, uh, you know, if you want it, come on up here and I'll pray for you. And, uh, you know, if you don't feel led that way, then just stay where you are. But I don't know. Does anybody need prayer that's had a serious diagnosis? Good, Pastor Dave, I'll turn it over to you. But I'll tell you what, these songs aren't just songs, they're real. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, what he was just talking about is going to really go in line with the message for today anyway. So that was, um, I'm glad that he shared some of that. But let's give the Lord another big, great big round of praise here this morning. Amen. God is good. And we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Praise God, we'll see it in heaven someday, but we're going to see it down here too, amen. We don't have to wait till heaven to have the joy of the Lord and the blessings of God. We can have uh, some heaven down here on earth right now. In fact, Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it is God's will for us to uh, have a good life down here and not just, uh, you know, struggle and grumble and, and barely make it until we get there. I want to go into heaven rejoicing. Amen. I want to go to into heaven full speed ahead and uh, just continuing all uh, that God's doing in my life. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get into the word of God today. And uh, if you needed an outline for the message and you didn't get one, you can raise your hands and the ushers will do that. Who's glad that we're doing outlines again? Is that helping anybody out a little bit? Well, yeah, we kind of paused that during the COVID thing and now, hey, they're back. So Praise the Lord. Uh, but get an outline if you need one. This morning we're going to be on part eight of our series. Can you believe that, part eight? Does it seem like it's been, you know, eight wonderful weeks? Uh, but part eight of our series, As for Me and My House. 
And, of course, what we're doing is uh, really uh, intentionally focusing on the family unit and the household. And that's really where our heart and our calling is at High Desert Word Center. Our mission statement is we are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. And so what we like to say is if you, uh, you know, have a family, we want to bring healing and health to that family. We want your home to be just a sanctuary of the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Your house should be your castle and your kingdom, and it should be where you want to be. You should want to be around your family. Who knows that? Right? Yeah, come on. You know, you should enjoy being uh, with your kids and your wife and your husband. That's the goal there. And it should be an absolute haven of the peace of God. And so if you've got a family, we want to make it healthy and awesome. And if you don't have a family... We want to become your family and give you a place to belong. Amen? And so our theme verse for 2022 is this right here, Joshua 24:15. All right, let's go ahead and flip over there, Joshua 24:15. Amen? Is anybody getting this memorized yet? I mean, you should. You probably should have it memorized. And I would say a lot of you probably already had at least part of it memorized prior to 2022 because it's a well-known Bible verse. But this is absolutely the foundation of everything that we're talking about right now is this Joshua 24, 15. And uh, we know that, as I've said, Joshua was an older man in life here. He's the grandpa figure at this point in time, and he's getting ready to die. He's near the end of his life, and he's, you know, speaking his wisdom to all the uh, younger generations and he says a lot of profound things just in this one verse here. But check it out, Joshua twenty four fifteen in the New King James. It says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You've got to make a choice. And I know I've said this so many times, but people these days are like, yeah, I don't want to choose. I'll, I'll get around to it. I'll, you know, but I, I just, I don't really have an opinion on that. I, I don't have a, I, I don't know where I stand on that. You can say that for a lot of things, but you can't say it about God. You have to make a choice at some point. And by not making a choice, you have made your choice. And your choice was no. We're going our own way. We're doing our own thing. But it is so important that you do choose. And he says, you got to choose for yourselves this day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Do it this day. Whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've made our decision, okay? We have made our choice. And when you get not just one household to make a decision to serve God, but when you get a whole church like this and you get a whole city full of people that are saying, we're going to serve the Lord, you've got dynamite on your hands right there. You can change some things when you've got a whole bunch of people unified under the name of Jesus. And so that's why it is our mission and our passion to get your family healthy, to get mom and dad in love and in healthy together, to be raising those kids in the ways of God. And so what I'm specifically addressing and talking about today is this, is you being uh, being stable and consistent. Now, this may not sound like a, you know, hooping and hollering, exciting sermon, but 
you've got to get a hold of this right now. I believe, this is my belief, that the biggest key to success in your life, okay, of course, is the word of God and Jesus, but it's also in being stable and consistent. Being stable and consistent in anything that you're doing. And I'll say this right now, you will never get good at anything you're not consistent with. If you want to get really awesome at guitar like me, I taught Anthony where <laughs> he's laughing. I'm kidding. I'm not great at guitar. I, I play, but I'm not great. But if you want to get awesome at guitar, it doesn't happen by picking it up once a month. You're not going to get, you're not going to get good that way. You're going to have to day after day after day do the same thing. If you want to get good at basketball, it doesn't happen by playing, you know, well, yeah, I shoot around every Christmas and I, I mean, I just somehow I'm awesome. No. You've got to consistently practice it and get good at it. If you want to be a good parent, it doesn't happen by occasionally paying attention to the kids. Yeah, well, you know, we felt like it last month. So, yeah, we went out there and we read the Bible. And, you know, it's uh, every May it's the National Day of Prayer. So, yeah, we, we do a family prayer every May. That's not how you're going to get a family that knows how to pray. You're going to have to be consistent and stable. And one of the just saddest things that I see is people that, that, an unstable person. That is a sad thing to me because this can be changed. You don't have to stay inconsistent and you don't have to be unstable. This is something that's available to everybody, but some people don't choose to crucify their flesh. Some people like, yeah, you know what, that some people just get all the lucky breaks. That's why Rosalind over, that's why she's got it so good. She's just lucky. No, she decided to read the Bible every day. She decided to take her kids to church. She decided to, uh, you know, to serve God. And I'm sure it's not always easy being a single mom, but still making the choice day after day. And I can look all around this room and see stable, consistent Christians, and their life isn't good just because they caught a lucky break. And eh, some people have all the luck. It's easy for them to say, man, you don't know the struggle that some of these people have had, but they chose to be consistent. And a lot of you get down on yourselves and man, I'm just, I don't, I'm not doing good at parenting. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to you today. If you're bringing your kids to God's house every week, you're doing better than you think you're doing. Amen. You may not have it all together just yet, but you're on the right track. And if at least your kids see, you know what? It's so important to my dad that we get there every Sunday. And no matter what else went on, he gets us there. This is important. You are laying the groundwork for stability in your life. And the thing about consistency and stability is you don't always see the results instantly. A lot of times we want absolute instant results. We want to lose weight, but we just want to take a pill that makes us lose weight, right? <laughs> we want to, you know, we want to, we want to get rich, but we don't want to just, you know, uh, invest in some scheme or something and have it happen overnight. But the true way to have lasting results and victory in your life it takes laying the foundation for a little while. It takes doing the same thing repetitive over and over and over day after day. And you don't always see the results right away. So some people just give up. 
but the people that will stick with it and consistently just do things God's way over and over and over in the long haul, you are a champion. You are incredible because you've laid a deep foundation. And when storms come, it doesn't blow your house down. You're rock solid. Amen. And that's what we're going for. I think of the great Larry Bird. Anybody remember this guy? All right. I'm from Indiana. And I, honestly, he played just a little bit before my time. So I didn't really watch him, you know, as a kid. I, I was uh, kind of got into it a little bit after he retired. But I remember this story that I heard about Larry Legend. And this man in Indiana, you know, he is a legend. People love this guy. He came to my school. Uh, he had a, owned a car dealership in my little town. And so he'd stop in at the school and uh, he signed basketballs and stuff for them to raffle and all, the, all these things. But I heard this story about how every morning in high school, he would come to the gym. He, you know, somehow got access to the gym. He would shoot 500 free throws every morning before everybody else was, they were all in bed sleeping. He got there before the sun rose and he just shot free throw after free throw, 500 every morning. And, you know, you're like, man, that's going to get boring after a while. Hey, you know what? That's the good thing about stable people. They're willing to do something, even if it seems mundane and boring, if they know that it's going to have a long-term payoff. And so he broke his ankle his sophomore year and couldn't play at all. But as soon as it got just strong enough, he would still crutch his way to the gym every morning. And nobody even realized it. Even with his ankle all all messed up, he was still shooting 500 free throws every morning. He maybe had to get there a little bit earlier, but he still did it every day. Nobody else saw it. It wasn't for attention. He just wanted to stay on it and be good. And so... Finally, the, the team, they made it to the state sectionals of, of basketball, and he hadn't played in months. The coach puts him in at the end of the game. He grabs a rebound and gets fouled. And so they're like, oh, great. He's going to the free throw line. He hasn't touched a ball in months. They didn't know that just because he had a setback, he didn't quit. He kept doing what he had always done, even in the midst of a setback. He goes to the free throw line. Everybody's on the edge of their seats. What does he do? Boom, boom, hits both free throws. Ah, they win the game. Everyone's going crazy. It's a miracle. He hasn't touched the ball. How did he do this? It's a miracle. It wasn't a miracle. It was simply second nature to what he consistently did, and it paid off in the heat of the battle. And so for you in your life, you may think, I'm reading this every day. I'm taking my kids to church. I'm, I'm praying every day now. And, 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 and you know, you're, you're not, nobody's seeing these massive results but in the heat of the battle, in the clutch moment, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, you're going to step up and you're just going to do boom, boom. You're going to hit both shots and everyone's going to be like, how did he do that? It's what I do every day anyway, right? It's no mystery to us why we see victory. It's no mystery to us why we keep seeing healings and marriages restored. It's not just a one-time thing. Why is that? Because we are consistently speaking the word of God over you and your family. You may not even know it. But every day, people from this church, me, my wife, and my family, we are speaking words of faith over you. We're rebuking the devil off of your house. We're praying for healing for your kids, that your marriages are healthy and strong. And it's not just a one. It's all the time. Consistency. So what am I telling you today? As, as a family member, maybe you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or a husband or a wife, maybe you don't have all that yet, but whatever 
your position is in life. The key to you having long-term success is being consistent and stable at what you're doing in Jesus. Amen? And so I got this on your outline there, but I heard this. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. I'm going to say that again. That successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. It's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference. It's what we do consistently. And so as a parent, we've got to be consistent, right? As a husband, we've got to be consistent. It's cool to, you know, show up with flowers on Valentine's Day and, you know, hey, you know, once or twice a year, score a few points, you know what I mean, men? But, hey, it's even better if throughout the year I show her love all the time, okay? Guys, I'm helping you out right now, okay? I, I believe I deserve a better amen than this. But listen to me right now. If you would consistently love her and show her some respect and honor all throughout the year, that goes a whole lot further than just one time a year tossing some chocolates and say, happy V-Day, babe, let's go. You know, come on, we're better than that. And so we're talking about consistency. And I believe that the very best gift that we can give to our kids is being a stable and consistent Christian. A stable and consistent Christian. And the worst thing you can do is be uh, an unstable and inconsistent Christian because they're going to see that and and they're going to, you know, unfortunately most of the time imitate that and repeat that behavior. And so if you want a kid that grows up to serve God and follow him through thick or thin, you know, as they say, come hell or high water, if you want a kid that does that, you're going to have to be that. Right? You're going to have to be a consistent and stable Christian. I'm just going to throw a few verses on the screen. You can write them down. Uh, but Jesus said this in Luke 9:62, talking about someone that commits and then goes back, someone that's in and out. Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not even fit for the kingdom of God. I'm like, whoa, Jesus, calm down, man. <laughs> that sounds a little bit hardcore. But he's like, if you commit, you put a hand to the plow and then look back, he's like, you're not, that's not what I'm looking for. James 1.8 says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so I see a lot of double-minded people, and it's no wonder they're inconsistent and unstable in all their ways. And, and this isn't me being a judgmental, mean person, but Jesus said you can simply judge a tree by its fruit, right? And so if somebody, man, they got to switch churches every couple months because they're all jerks of high desert just like they were over there. I'm out of there. First of all, okay, I'd like to explain. <laughs> uh, or, you know, man, this is the sixth job I've had in two years, and they're all mean at this one, too. Oh, man, can't, fourth wife I've had in the last decade. And I'll tell you what right now, but she's just as bad as all the rest of them were. How is that? Well, there's a, there's a common denominator here, and it is the individual that can't, you know, and the, again, this isn't mean, but if everywhere you go, there's drama and problems, and, 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 and what do you see? It says a double-minded man isn't just unstable in one of their ways. He's unstable in all of his ways. I don't want my kids seeing, well, dad was always an emotional, I mean, he was a roller coaster, man. You never knew what mood he was going to be in. I don't want that. I want my kids to see 
I don't care if they ever see that, I, you know, well, Daddy was a millionaire. Daddy was an all-star. Daddy was a rock star. I don't care. But if they could say, my dad consistently followed God. My dad just, he didn't let go of it. He was stable in his faith. I'll take that any day over Daddy was a millionaire. Daddy gave me everything I wanted. Amen? All right. And so I'm going to look at, uh, at, 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 let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we're going to look here at verse 8. And so Joshua is really the main foundation of uh, really a lot of what we're looking at in this whole series. But Joshua chapter 1 and uh, verse 8. And what we have here is Joshua just taking over for Moses. Moses had died. And how would you like to, you know, take over for a guy like Moses? I mean, those are some big shoes to fill right there. And so Moses gets them right to the border of the promised land and you know Moses uh, he, he wasn't allowed to go in and some people think that's not fair well Moses disobeyed in something and he was held accountable for a lot more than just your average Joe and so God said Moses I love you you're not going to be the guy to actually get them in so Moses dies and Joshua is raised up as the next leader and of course you know listen he's in charge of over 3 million people He's, I mean, this is not just, you know, uh, we got a few people together and decided we were going to go ahead and move into Canaan land and, uh, you know, cross over the Jordan. I mean, this was a monumental responsibility. And you think you've got your hands full with four kids. Imagine three million people that half the time were complaining and turning on you and stabbing you in the back. And so Joshua, he's got a huge task on his hands. And so the Lord speaks something to him and lays out the blueprint. Joshua, if you want to succeed, here's what you have to do. And so I'm like, my ears perk up. I'm like, okay, I need to hear. If it's going to make him successful, I want to know what the key to Joshua's success was because he was very successful. And here it is, Joshua 1, verse 8. It says, study this book of instruction continually, or this book of the law, as the King James says. It says, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it what happens then only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do so what is some of the key words that that we're getting out of this verse well the biggest thing i see is continually he didn't just say study this book of instruction which would be the word of god study your bible you know, when you got time, that'd be a real good thing if you opened it up, okay? Maybe get the Bible app and get the verse of the day, okay? That's going to be the key to No. Joshua was told to study the book of instruction, the book of the law, the word of God continually. And then check it out. He was to meditate on it when he had a little free time on Saturdays. No. It said day and night. What are we looking at here? We're looking at consistency, stability, and repetition. And God said, if you will do this continually, if you'll do it day and night, you'll, you'll be sure to obey it. Check it out. You will prosper and succeed in all you do. That is incredible right there. And, and, and so I was, first of all, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand here is this word meditate. We think of somebody sitting with their legs crossed and going, oh, you know, no, that, that's, that's Middle East. This is Biblical Hebrew meditation, okay, this Hebrew word, I'm not going to uh, pretend that I know how to pronounce it, but it's haga. So in Hebrew, it would be like, ha, okay. Um, but 
I went to Bible college, but I didn't learn Hebrew. All right, so, but this this word, uh, hagah, it means to repeat to oneself internally and audibly. And so, what did God say for him to do? He said to repeat the word to yourself day and night. That's what this meditation is. Joshua was instructed, I want you to study the word every day, and I want you to repeat this to yourself day and night. And so I can see Joshua as a leader day and night walking around. Maybe it was just one verse at a time, but just repeating the word of God. And for you in 2022, if you would just grab one verse and meditate it, do you realize what would happen if you just kind of walked around day by day? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you would meditate, the, even if it was just one verse, you have no idea the spiritual strength that you would have within you if you would meditate the word of God. And so someone's like, well, that was easy for Joshua. I mean, come on. It must have been easy for him. He had an advantage. Again, I repeat, the man was in charge of three million people. He was busy. He probably all day, every day had people coming up asking questions. He had a 9 o'clock meeting. He had a 9.15. He had a 10 o'clock over here. He had to go break up someone's argument over here. He, he was He did not just have a bunch of extra time on his hands, but the key to his success was repetition, consistency, stability, and he did it over and over and over. And He's over there talking that Bible verse again. What is is up with him? It may seem weird now, but it doesn't seem weird when you're winning victory after victory after victory and your kids are on fire for God and your marriage is awesome and everything is going right and you succeed in everything you do. It's no secret. You just did what other people weren't willing to do consistently. Consistency, it doesn't always have the immediate payoff, but in the long term, my gosh, the payoff is massive. And so I think of another guy in scripture that that says nearly the same things that Josh was saying, another hero, and that's David. David. And by the way, that is a fantastic name, the name David. I just, I've never met one, never met one I didn't like, really. Well, there's a winner right there, David. Yeah, very good. Just beautiful name, beautiful name. People love it. Everyone loves it. Uh, But, but, (laughs) and Josh was an all right name. That's, you know, but it's, it's cool. Uh, So check this out. David said a lot of the exact same things that Joshua said. And, 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 and David was really big on this meditating the word. Well, I don't know about that. Check this out, all right? I'm just going to throw these up there. Psalm 119, verse 97. David says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. What? You mean David? King David, the, the giant killer, the guy that won battle after battle? What, how was he so incredible? How was he so strong? Well, he says right here that he meditated God's word all day. So here's another guy that all day long is just repeating, a, you know, repeating some of God's word to himself over and over and over. And people probably think he's weird, but he thinks they're weird because they don't ever have any victory. And so here he is winning all the time. But check it out, Psalm 119, verse 148. Again, for the sake of time, I'm just speeding through these right here. But David says this, my eyes are awake through the night watches. 
Why? Why would he be staying awake at night? That I may meditate on your word. And so here we have Joshua saying, I'm going to meditate the book of the law day and night. And then here's David years later saying, all day long, I'm meditating God's word. And then I, I wake up at night, uh, throughout the night watches, so I can meditate God's word. And so I know this much. If I see two different guys, two different passages of scripture, two different entire books of the Bible saying the exact same thing, my ears are listening. I'm like, my gosh, there must be something to this. And so I repeat today, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the importance of you being a stable and consistent Christian. That's what wins the race. You remember the old story of the tortoise and the hare, right? You know, there's this bunny, and and they're like, I have I have bunnies. I'm not afraid to admit I've got three bunny rabbits. They're adorable. Don't judge me, but they're they're adorable. So I've got these three rabbits. But and the story of the tortoise and the hare. They're going to have a race, right? And that old turtle, he's slow. Nobody sees it. I mean, this guy doesn't stand a chance. And really, he is not as fast as the rabbit. And that rabbit is fast and speedy. and can just go crazy. But what happens? The tortoise wins the race because even though the rabbit's much faster, he's not consistent. He just runs where he wants to go. He gets distracted by, oh, there's some berries over here. And, oh, there's some there's a creek over here. And he's just all over the place. Even though he's more naturally gifted and set up for success, he loses because he's not stable. And in your life, you may not have the talent of someone else. You may not have been born with the same high IQ. You may not have come from a family of riches. You may not be as good looking as your neighbor, whatever the case is. But check it out. That doesn't matter. All that matters is you get a hold of the word of God and just lock in and be stable and consistent. Don't get distracted. Just lock in and stick with it. I promise you. That over the long term, you are going to be victorious. Your family's going to succeed. And, and, you're, and you're, you're just going to avoid a whole bunch of stuff that Satan had planned for you. Amen? That was my intro. Let's get into the real sermon here. All right? You guys have time today. Football season is over. You guys are ready to go. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about the benefits of consistency. All right? Number one is this. Number one, what's the benefit of consistency? Number one, you're successful in everything you do. Well, no, don't say everything because that could give people false hope. That's the word of God. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. That if you will continually, and as Joshua and David both said, day and night, if you'll be consistent, you are promised that you will be successful in everything you do. Well, again, that, that's, a, that's a big statement to make. Flip back to Joshua 1.8. You're already there. I mean, come on. Joshua 1.8. Bailey, go ahead and, and scroll backwards to that. Joshua 1.8. What, why would I even say that? Well, it says right here that if you study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, uh, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. That's, that's not just something that we're... That's the word of God. You will succeed in all you do if you'll stick with it. And so I know this much. The most successful parents that I know, they aren't the ones that just give their kids, you know, money every time they, you know, want money. 
They're the ones that are, you know, trying to be cool on TikTok with 15-year-olds. They aren't the ones trying to, you know, uh, do this or that or reinvent the wheel. The most successful parents I know are simply the ones that are consistent with God's word and sticking to the family culture that they've established within their home. We talked about that a few weeks ago, establishing what your family culture is. You set standards and morals for your family and stick to them. That is, that's the best parents that I know, the absolute best parents that I know. They're stable and consistent. You find out what it is that makes your family jive, that makes your family, you know, happy and, and have fun together, and whether it's hiking in the woods or playing board games or what. I don't care. Something, you know, but you find out what it is that bonds your family and you just stick with it. You don't put that above the word of God, but but you stick with it. These are consistent, stable families. And so I was, as I was studying this morning, I felt the Lord speak this to my heart. So if it hits home to you, then praise God, then it hits home for you. But I felt the Lord tell me most parents and spouses don't have an intelligence or skill problem. They have a consistency problem. Most of most of the time, it's not because that you just you know you're just not as you know intelligent as the other parents out there, or or you know as good of a wife or or whatever. I, I believe that that most of the time, the issue isn't that you were just dealt an unfair hand in life. A, a whole lot of the time, the problem is a consistency problem. And if you would just take, maybe you're you know you're just good at one or two things. If you would just consistently do those one or two things and build upon that, but nobody gets good at anything by just occasionally doing it. It takes repetition. It takes consistency. And again, I know this is not the most exciting, you know, run around the room sermon we've ever preached, but this is so foundational and key for your life. If you would be consistent and stable. I was on Facebook the other day. I've got a friend in Tulsa, and uh, his dad's a pretty well-known pastor that I've met. Uh, met him at uh, Kenneth Copeland thing in, in Dallas a couple years ago. But he posted this picture of him and his dad, and it just, I don't know, it just really touched my heart. Um, in fact, this is uh, my friend right here, uh, Billy Joe Watts Jr., but that's him and his dad. And I don't know if and you probably can't see this too well, but he does things with his dad all the time, and he's, he's like my age. But he said, I had a blast with dad tonight going to the movies. He talked through the end of the movie, and I couldn't do nothing but shake my head. <laughs> he said, I've become my father. Thanks for hanging out tonight, Dad. Oh, and he wanted another pig so y'all could see his X-Men on his sweatshirt. Apparently, you couldn't see it in our first picture. But I look at that, and that just touched me that he's done such a good job, the dad, with raising his kids and establishing, you know, what their what they like, what their culture is, what, what they want to be good at. And so here they are, the guy in his 30s, going to the X-Men or whatever movie with his dad, wearing matching hoodies and just having the time of their life. And I told him, like, man, dude, I'd love to be like that when, I'm, when, when my kids grow up. I want to just have a really good time together like that. And so that meant something to me. But I want to show you something here in Psalm 1. Who's got time for Psalm 1? Better bet you got time for Psalm 1. I know you do. Psalm 1. It would have been wrong to say no to that. Psalm 1, and so we've been in Joshua 1, and we're going to go back there, so you may want to hold your spot there, but we've been in Joshua 1. Now we're going to look at Psalm 1, and wouldn't it just be great if, man, 
your kids grow up and they still want to be around you all the time? <laughs> you know, they, they still want to go to the movies. They still want to go to the ball game. They still want to, you know, be buddies with you. We're going to look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And so here's King David laying out some wisdom. And check this out, man. This is, this is so powerful, these few verses here. Psalm 1 and verse 1, he says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. I'll tell you right now, if you're taking your advice from wicked people, I'm guessing you don't have much joy in life. But anyway, that's another sermon. We're not going to go there. Or people that stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. And I see this today. There are Christians that straight up join in with mockers. You know that there's mockers and scoffers and haters and antagonists that think that you're crazy for what you believe. And they and, and it's not good enough that they don't believe. They think that you shouldn't believe it either. So they're going to mock you and scoff at you and tell you you're crazy. But, hey, it's all good. I am fine with that. Amen? Because I see the results of sticking with the word of God. But it says you'll have joy if you don't stand around and join in with the mockers. Verse 2. But they delight in the law of the Lord. Uh Uh-oh, I see a similar thing that I saw a minute ago. What do they do? Meditating on it day and night. It's exactly what Joshua was told the key to his success would be. Meditating the word of God day and night. Repetition, consistency, stability. What are these people like? Well, look at verse 3. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So when I get a picture of a tree beside the riverbank, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is stability. That thing is rooted It is grounded, it is solid, it is stable. And so a Christian that will be consistent and stable and meditate God's word and study God's word, what are they like? They're just as strong and stable as an oak tree right beside the riverbank. You see this picture here? I I grabbed this picture. You know where that was taken at? That's beside the Mojave River in Victorville. Can you believe that? And, and, and so I'm looking at that. I'm like, this is gorgeous. What in the world? And so I grabbed this picture. Now check it out. If there's any tree in the world that has an excuse for not being strong and not being healthy, it would be a tree in the desert, right? They've got every excuse. It's too hot down there. You'll never make it. It's too, you know, it's too windy down there. You'll never make it. It's too this down there. But That tree doesn't care that it's too hot, that it's too windy, that there's too much sand, that there's too much this. All those excuses go out the window when you stay planted where you belong, where you stay planted right next to the water source. It doesn't matter if you're in the desert. You could be anywhere, and you are rock-solid stable. So. Yeah, well, it's easy for them to say down there. They, you know, they live in Rancho Cucamonga. We live in Barstow, and it's just tougher up here. There, blah 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 blah. Quit making excuses for why you can't serve God. Come on. Yeah, well, they they were they were born into money, so they just had enough. It doesn't matter. My God, my heavenly Father is richer than Elon Musk. 
Elon is a beggar compared to my father, right? So quit making excuses. You're a daughter of God Almighty. You're a son of the Almighty King. Your big brother is Jesus Christ himself. There is no reason in the world why you can't succeed. Jesus destroyed every excuse that could hold us back. All the answers are right here in the book, but it comes down. It's really, your success isn't dependent upon God at this point. He's done his part. Jesus died on the cross. He forgave your sins. He gave you the written word of God. So he did his part. What it's going to come down to is you doing your part, being consistent and stable. If you'll stick with it, success is going to come your way, all right? And number two today is this. We're talking about benefits of consistency. Number one, you are successful in everything you do. And here, here's another one that would make a religious person very angry at me. So I welcome your mean, you know, text and uh, messages. But here it goes. They prosper in everything they do. Well, no, don't say that, man. God, man don't, don't, don't go there, man. Don't talk about money in church, man. Come on, man. Listen to me. It says you will prosper in everything you do. I, I told you to hold your spot in Joshua 1. I hope you listened. But Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. What am I doing? I'm repeating the same. Have you noticed that every Sunday since January 1st, we've opened with the exact same verse? Why is that? Because you're not going to get it after one message. It's going to take driving this into your head, driving it into my head week after week after week. Somebody told me, man, I just can't, you know, you, 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 you guys preach about the exact same thing all the time. I can't. I'm like, yeah, and you still didn't get it. Apparently, we didn't do it enough. But I'm going to keep preaching about faith and Jesus loves you and healing and the joy of the Lord. Probably, and so if you don't like it, I mean, there's plenty of other places, but I'm going to stick with preaching faith every Sunday for the next 50, 60 years. So, you know, if that ain't your, you know, if that ain't your cup of tea, then we're probably not your cup of tea. But I just love the results of faith that when I had leukemia, I was healed of it. That when my dad had cancer, he was healed of it. That when Dave McNeil was struck with cancer, he was healed of it. That when Dylan had cancer, he was healed of it. That when Pam in the back had cancer, she was healed of it. That when these broken marriages, the devil was killing them and they were restored. Why? By faith in Jesus Christ. So I cannot apologize. I cannot back down. We will preach faith every day for the rest of our lives. Amen. Joshua 1.8, again, I'm going to repeat this. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you what? Say it with me. Prosper and succeed in all you do. And, well, yeah, but, you, you know, that's the one cute verse. Well, first of all, I've got dozens to back that up. But let's just look at one we just looked at, Psalm 1-3. Throw it on the screen. Roll that beautiful bean footage. What does it say? They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And what do they do? They prosper in what? All they do. There's got to be something to this. That if the same guys are saying the same thing, that if you do this continually, day and night, and keep doing it, you'll be successful in all you do, and you will prosper in everything you do. Now, I did a lot of study this week, and so this uh, Hebrew word, did you like my Hebrew earlier? I'm going to try to not cough into the microphone this time. But it's this Hebrew word, salach, which means to experience 
prosperity, to be profitable. And so, again, someone would say, man, you don't talk about finances down there at church, man. It's okay to talk about it at the casino. It's okay if the drug dealer talks about it on the street corner. I don't have a problem, you know, if the guy out there running the weed shop has enough money for his kids, but not the Christians, not the preacher, not the people of God. They got to stay humble because you believed a lie from the pit of hell that being poor is a synonym of humility. But then I found out I've met a lot of poor people that are not humble. I've met some poor people that have an attitude and are mean and, and, and even arrogant and, and puffed up with. I'm like, wait a minute, that must be a lie. I've met rich people like that, that are, you know, mean and conceited and arrogant. But I've also met prosperous Christians that they don't think they're better than anyone else. They just, you know what, God gave me some finances, so I'm going to help other people with it. So don't think for one minute that being poor means you're humble. No, 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 no. That doesn't mean that. Listen, being humble means you've got a right attitude in Christ, and you know that we're all created equal. You're no better than anybody else, but by the grace of God, you've been saved, and you know that. You're aware of that. Amen? And you're also aware of what God's Word promises. And so I never want to add to the Bible. Dangerous. And I also don't ever want to take away from the Bible. That's dangerous. And so some people, you know, I would never add to Scripture. Of course you wouldn't. And, of course, I would never take away from the Bible. If the Bible says that it is God's will for my family to prosper and for my family to be successful, then why would I try to erase that out of Scripture? Who do you think you are? Arrogant little cuss trying to take away from the Word of God? That's messed up. 3 John 2, most of us could probably just quote this, but let's turn there. 3 John 2, 3 John 2, we're kicking over some sacred cows today. We're tearing down some false beliefs that people have had. So, again, we're told from Scripture that if we would continually study God's Word, if we would meditate the Word of God, that means repeating it and speaking it day and night, you would be successful in all you do, and you would prosper in all you do. And, you know, I've heard guys say, I've been broke, and I've, you know, God's blessed me, and I preferred the blessing of God over being broke. <laughs> and so let's let's just get real here. And, yeah, man, I've, I've got a long way to go for sure, but praise God, I am clinging to the promises of God. Funny story. Uh, I probably shouldn't tell this. Katie's not in here. She's with the kids today. <laughs> so uh, yesterday I'm driving out to my parents' house, and uh, I see a bunch of police cars chasing a Prius. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that guy must be, a, you know, a rebel. What's going on? And so I'm like, but, you know, I, I, I always watch these high-speed chases from California on the news when I was a kid. I'm like, that'd be so exciting, you know. And so I noticed, like, this isn't a high-speed chase. This is like a, a slow-speed chase. The Prius is doing 60, and, and he's driving through town, and uh, and. I drive an 08 Prius, so that's part of the that's part of the joke here. But anyway, but I was in the minivan, so I can hit 70, 75 easy. And so I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, and and they're and, and they're driving through Barstow, and then I get out to Yermo, and they're still driving. Then I get to the and it's the Barstow police, and and Katie's like, "What in the world is this?" And I'm like, "You know what? Don't you ever disrespect my Prius again? If I wanted to, I'm not saying I would, but if I wanted to." I am equipped to get into a low-speed chase with the police if I wanted to. 
that's, I've got the blessing of God on my life. Amen. I wouldn't get very far, right? <laughs> I'm sure that didn't last too much longer than what I saw, but it was incredible to see a Prius thinking he was a bad boy. He wasn't. I, at least I'm aware of any, let, third John two, go, go third John two. That's just not getting us anywhere. Third John two, it says, beloved, who's beloved? I'm beloved. Well, don't call yourself that. Man, I'm a son of God. I will call myself beloved all day long because Jesus loves me. This I know. How do you know? For the Bible tells me so. Right? Come on. So Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So the, the, the word here, you know, the New Testament is Greek, right? It's written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew, two different languages. So I told you the Old Testament Hebrew word for prosper. And then the, the New Testament Greek word is euodo. And it means to succeed financially and in business affairs. To succeed. Well, God doesn't care about if you succeed in business. Oh, God cares very much that your business succeeds, business owners. He cares very much that your family prospers. But, but, but how does all this happen? I'm going to repeat it for the 500th time in this same sermon. When you are consistent and stable spiritually, God will cause you to be successful in all you do, and he will cause you to prosper in all you do. Well, why does God even care about the Christian being prosperous? Because we do holy things with our money. You know all that, you know, free money the government gave us last year? <laughs> I didn't buy an ounce of liquor with it, not one. But you know what? I helped buy air conditioning units for the church. I gave extra money to the missionaries. I was able to bless people throughout town. I didn't buy one joint with it, not one. I <laughs> I didn't buy a porno. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any. I didn't go to Vegas and, you know, waste it all away. I didn't give any of it to those guys. But praise God, I was able to bless my family and save, and I was able to help people. Why does God care that the Christians would be blessed? Because we do good things with our finances, right? If we're holy, we don't do dumb things with it. In fact, the scripture even says that the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the just. God would rather you have it, who's going to go feed some starving kids and get the gospel preached, than to have some crazy, wicked drug dealer have it. And until, and if you can't get that revelation, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but you need to get that revelation in your heart, that it is the will of God for his children to prosper. <laughs> you know... Um, I was thinking of a pastor I like in uh, St. Louis, David Crank, and uh, he's related to the Crank family. I don't know if he is or not, but maybe he is, but he, he's a good pastor, a word of faith guy. Um, anyway, so he was talking about, in two, there's a business guy in his church that did like, I think it was sporting goods products, and he had, you know, a mediocre business. In 2019, the Lord told him, I want you to slow down on the sporting goods, and I want you to start getting into hand sanitizing. I want you to start... And he's like, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. But he listened to God, and he slowed down production of sporting goods and threw all his resources into producing hand sanitizer. March 2020 hits, and boom, nobody cares if you've got a baseball glove right now, but there's a high demand for hand sanitizer. Everybody in 2019 like, you 
are so crazy, dude. Why? You're stupid. But guess what? It wasn't stupid when the pandemic hit, and he was a whole year ahead of everybody else. And I think he said by the end of the year, he had made like $50 million in revenue. But guess what? What did he do? He was able single-handedly to keep dozens of churches open that would have gone under by not having finances. Do you think God, that wasn't God's will, that he prospered, that he just stumbled? No. He listened to the voice of God, and he did holy things with his money. That's why God wants you to be blessed. That's why God wants your family to prosper, because you'll do things like that. Amen. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's an all right, right? Come on. Yeah. I like stories like that. Come on, somebody. Yes. All right. Should we go to number three? I feel like I could tag on to that more, but let's go to number three, all right? We're talking about benefits of you being consistent and stable. First of all, you're not double-minded anymore. You're not crazy. People like you now because you're stable. They know what they're going to get out of you. But uh, number one, you'll be successful in all you do. Number two, you'll prosper in all you do. And number three, no one can stand against you. No one can stand against you. I want to look at one last verse here, Joshua 1 and verse 5. Joshua 1 and verse 5. And by the way, did you know that we're paying off the mortgage this year? Yeah? I don't know. Don't say that, Pastor Dave. Oh, no, I'm going to say it right now. We're paying off the mortgage this year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we're going to have a 13-acre church property that is dedicated to preaching the gospel and healing broken families. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a sign and a wonder. And people will say, how would you guys do that? We didn't do it. Jesus did it. Come on. <laughs> to God be the glory. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. This is, again, what the Lord was speaking to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live. Why? For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. The King James says, I will never leave you or forsake you. What a promise from God's word right there. So I'm going to say it. When you're consistently, say that with me, consistently following Jesus and raising your family in his ways, he will never abandon you. Check it out. No thing and no one can stand against you. Nothing. Nothing. Well, I know, but, but, but this over here, no. Nothing can stand against you. He will be with you as he was with Moses. He will have your back. He will surround you. He will protect your family. But you've got to take this thing serious and you've got to be consistent. That's the type of promise that I'm looking for in 2022. And it does not just happen by default. Never again think that, just assume that some, you know, happy marriage, well, they just got lucky. I mean, they just, they don't ever have any problems. They probably had a lot of problems they worked through. Okay? You know, Katie and I got married at 19, and we had some problems. I mean, we just, we, 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 we were mature in some areas, and immature in other areas. She nearly ended our marriage with a wet willy one night. <laughs> right in the air. I was like, I can't take it. I can't take this girl. <laughs> you know, we were, I mean, we were like fifth graders getting married. I have no idea. <laughs> 
but by the grace of God, we've worked through some things. And because of Jesus, praise the Lord, we've got a very happy marriage. We've got a happy home. God is nothing but good to us. We've got our days, you know, we've got things we work through. And some would say, yeah, you guys, you know, you just got lucky. You you married, you met the love of your life at, at an early age. I, we didn't get lucky. We took the time. We were young and dumb, but we knew this much, to lay the foundation and put in the work with the word of God to make this thing work. And I think this year we're going to be married 18 years. And I, we had people telling us, you'll never make it. When we were in college, I remember this, you know, this stupid lady was like, you're, you're 20 and you're married. She's like, call me when you guys get divorced. And I'm like, you'll never, I will never call you. You know what? Shut up. We are going to make it. And by the grace of God, we've made it. Amen. We ain't perfect, <laughs> but we've made it because we took the time to consistently do what a lot of other people just weren't willing to do. I don't have got time for that. There's time for it. Your family's worth it. Your children are worth it. Your marriage is worth it. Your faith is worth it. But this is a long-term deal. It's not an instant thing. Lay the foundation now. You'll succeed, you'll prosper, and no devil from hell can stand against you and your family. Amen? Let's stand up together today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, I, I, I pray that you have received the word of God today. And I just, again, I give you a great big pat on the back. And, and you may feel like, well, I don't have it all together. At least you're coming to God's house. At least you're bringing your kids to church. You're getting yourself here. You're doing better than you think you're doing in some ways, all right? So praise the Lord for that. I'm going to have our prayer team come on up today. And uh, praise the Lord. If you're here and you need prayer, of course, we want to pray for anything you need prayer for. We want to pray for your healing. We'll pray for your finances. We'll pray for whatever. But the biggest thing is this, is if you are not 100% certain that you've got the foundation laid with Jesus in your heart, nothing else is going to work until that happens. You have to have a solid, healthy relationship with Jesus. He has to be your savior. You have to have received him or nothing else that we've talked about is going to matter. None of it's going to work. There's no foundation for it. And so I challenge you today that if you're here and maybe you've just never really given your life to Jesus, that needs to change today. Well, I'll choose tomorrow. No, don't say that. Choose today whom you will serve. Do it now. Do it right now. Don't wait another day. Or maybe you're like, well, I used to, but I just kind of faded away. I've kind of walked away. I don't know. Today is the day of salvation. Quit waiting. Quit putting it off. You've got to make this decision. And so if that's you and you're like, yeah, I know that I'm just, that I'm not where I need to be with God, with Jesus. Get yourself up here. We'll pray for you. We'll rejoice with you. But if you need prayer for anything else, we want to pray with you today. So let's take a few minutes. Josh is going to lead us in some worship. And uh, if you need prayer, come up. If you don't need prayer, then just worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's go.
Praise the Lord. Well, who was blessed today from the Word of God? Amen. From the worship and from the fellowship, glory to God. So uh, we want to remind you of service tonight at 6 o'clock. Pastor's preaching on healing. Is that right? Yeah. And we got warfare prayer at 5. And baptisms are next Sunday. So if you want to be baptized, amen. Someone check the woofers. <laughs> okay. It's a joke between me and Josh. Anyway, um, so if you want to be baptized, get signed up for that. And the intentional parenting class, get signed up for that. We we had a limited number of books, and I don't know if we can get more in in time. So if you really want to be involved in that, sign up and go get your book today, all right? And uh, we want to fit everybody into that. And you only need one per household, just so you know. So uh, just you only need one per household, all right? Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to close out today. We will see you tonight, and we're going to have an awesome after two, afternoon, all right? I'm going to go take a nap. So if you need me, I'll be watching Little House on the Prairie and taking a nap. If you know where to find me. I'll be at Walnut Grove, baby. Hey, Irma, you want to go? All right, yeah. Irma's with me. All right. Praise God. Let's pray and let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word today. And God, just like you told Joshua, if we would study the word continuously, if we would meditate your word day and night, in other words, if we would just be stable and consistent and repetitive and stick with it, you will be, you will bless us. We'll be successful and prosperous in everything we do. Your hand of blessing will be on our families, on our marriages, and on our households. And so, Lord, I pray that we will understand that word and take it with us today. I thank you that every household here is blessed. We rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devil from attacking these marriages in the name of Jesus. Satan, you can't have our kids. They belong to Jesus, first of all. I thank you, Lord, that this week is going to be an incredible, off-the-charts, home-run, victorious week because we're putting you first. Use us to share the gospel and the light of Jesus this week. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right. Let's do this. Ilea, do it, girl. Let's go. <laughs> She's going to speak some words of faith over Barstow for us. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is safe. In Jesus' name, amen.